0: you love to connect with donors? Are you interested in overseeing a portfolio of donors and connecting them with the impact their support is having? Named one of the best Christian workplaces in Canada, Focus on the Family Canada is looking for a full-time donor cultivation specialist to join our dynamic team in Langley, BC. If you or someone you know feels called to serve families while growing in their skills, explore current job openings today at focusonthefamily.ca slash
1: For me to, at that point, to see the gospel in that lens, and and for me to not keep score of God's grace towards me on my terms, but on His, Mm, man, that that changed everything.
0: That's Daniel Ritchie, and he's our guest today on Focus on the Family, uh, sharing how he's found hope in the midst of intense physical challenges. I do hope you'll stay with us for uh, this conversation as we hear powerful truths to ground you in difficult circumstances. This is Focus on the Family with Jim Daly. Thanks for joining us. I'm John Fuller. John, one of the most famous verses
2: uh, in the Bible, in the New Testament book of Philippians, is, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. And it's right there in Philippians 4.13. It's often used as that motivational mantra Mm -hmm. to, uh, you know, make you climb the mountain or do better whatever it might be. Uh, But when the Apostle Paul wrote that, I can do all things, he was really uh, meaning it for the difficult things. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, the content, if you look at it, is about suffering. So even in suffering, as Paul was expressing, uh, was his singular goal to honor the Lord in that suffering and to Mm -hmm. glorify God. And I don't know about you, but that's not always my initial reaction. (laughs) I'd rather say, yeah, Lord, help me to attain this mountain Mm -hmm. or to do better on Friday Night Football, right? I can remember in high school praying that. Uh, But I wonder uh, what each of you, listeners and viewers on YouTube, what you would respond to that. How does that passage speak to your heart? Is it one to attain a higher level or to get through a really difficult situation? Mm. And our guest today has dealt with adversity. I'm so looking forward to this discussion with Daniel Ritchie and uh, his expression And he has lived an amazing life, and you'll learn more in a moment.
0: Yeah, born without arms, uh, Daniel and his wife Heather and their two children live in North Carolina. He's a writer and a speaker, and we'll be covering some of the content in his book, My Affliction for His Glory. And we do have copies of that here at the ministry. Stop by focusonthefamily.ca or call 800-the letter A in the word family.
2: Daniel, welcome to Focus on the Family.
0: Hey, guys. Thanks so
2: much for having me. I'm so looking forward to it, really. Uh, just reading through the book and the, the prep that was done, uh, man, what a life story you have. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you're used to sharing it as a speaker. I'm going to try to help the listener and just lead through this amazing story. And I know our listeners are going to resonate with your heart. Um, first, I guess, tell us what it's like to navigate every day with no arms.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's certainly complicated. You know, the, the world we live in is made by people with arms for people with arms. And and so yeah. there's there's a lot of things. I mean, opening a door is like a multi-step process for me, you know, using a cell phone. Dry, you know, it's like there, there's ways around it, but it's just it's a little bit, bit more complicated. Right, I but think. you
2: know what's amazing just watching you uh, as we started getting going here? You use your feet amazingly well, mm-hmm. almost as a person would use their hands yeah yeah and that is uh, i mean right there is a triumph for yeah. you right
1: oh yeah i mean at, at this point for it to i mean literally be second nature and it's yeah. like even even for me to get up some mornings and it's like i'll look in the mirror when i'm waking up and be like oh yeah yeah I don't have arms. You know, it's like, I I think one of the most apparent things about me, sometimes I just forget because this is just, this is all I've ever known.
2: Let's take everybody back to your birthday, literally Mm -hmm. your Mm -hmm. birthday. Yeah. And what took place in the delivery room, your mom, dad, doctors there, the nurses, they're expecting a you know a fully healthy child right yeah. there was no di- pre diagnosis
1: no no I mean, I mean in the my disability wasn't on their radar at all even though you know mom had two ultrasounds healthy pregnancy they just didn't catch it no not at all and and so no nobody knew until the doctors holding me in the delivery room and then in that moment not only am i born without arms but i was born not breathing or moving mm. and so the the doctor just very quickly showed me to my dad so dad could see i didn't Have arms, and then he asked my dad, "Do you just want us to let him go?" And so I think it's like the the double Mm -hmm. the double-edged shock of the moment that it's like, okay, we we have a boy that that is literally born dead, and he's born without arms, and and so I mean, I mean, I'm sure for my parents, it's such an overwhelming moment.
2: Yeah. Before we get to your dad's response, which Mm. is awesome, yeah, and I want to make sure people hear that that's not an uncommon story i have Mm -hmm. many friends that have had uh, children born with spina bifida down syndrome whatever it might be and these doctors do exactly that it's kind of like what they're learning to say in med school Mm -hmm. would you like to let your child die
1: a hundred percent and i
2: mean not every parent is saying no yeah yeah but what did your dad say
1: no, my my dad just looked at the doctor and he said, "That's my son, and you need to do whatever it is that you can do to try to bring him back." Mm. That's awesome. I, I know, man. I mean, and and it's like without pause, without hesitation. I mean, it was just it was just the response that I think just came out of his core.
2: Um, you face some frustrating moments uh, learning how to do the everyday tasks that we're watching you right here in the studio do with your feet. Uh, what was that like as a child growing up? Yeah. Uh, just to function as best as possible without arms? Yeah, I think
1: I think the hardest part for me is you know just just for us as humans we're visual learners and so I didn't have I didn't have a model you know I, I didn't have someone like I could see and repeat um, and, uh, and and so a lot of. A lot of my formative years, just learning how to either ride or eat or, you know, just do daily tasks. It was like, I would watch my parents and see the end result. And then I would try just through trial and error to find my my path toward that final destination. And so there was a lot of failure.
2: Yeah, I can, uh, moving forward through your childhood where the innocence is there and you're Mm. trying to learn how to do things and you got the protective covering of your parents. I'm sure there were some things in elementary school that made it tough, but like everybody, you get to junior high. I mean, I yeah. can't imagine hmm. what you went through. Describe some of that for us.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, it, it ran the range from, uh, I, you know, I think what we would think of as a stereotypical middle school bullying, you know, name calling, you know, roughhousing, stuff like that. But then I, I think too, as I got into to middle school, I started to become aware, I think, of just the, the greater public. Because it was like, for me, everywhere I go, like my two empty sleeves, it it just draws attention. And sure. so, so going out in public, it's lots of stares, it's rude comments, it's... You know, even, even as a kid, I mean, there were multiple times we were, we were like tossed out of restaurants because I'm sitting there eating with my feet, you know. Seriously? Got me, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. What are they? I mean, my goodness. I, I think it's just because, you know, other people are complaining like, oh, that's gross. You know, can you, you know, get rid of that, get rid of that kid? And I mean, that that and was And they just, would do it? Yeah. Oh, 100%.
2: I wish I were in that restaurant.
1: I mean, there was, I think in, in middle school, that was the realization for me that it was like I was different, but it was like a, a bad Different, mm. for sure. And
2: how did you process that? I mean, again, just the the way people treated you, the evil nature of it. I mean, it's yeah. really the sin nature of our flesh mm-hmm. for people to do that, to be ugly towards you because you have this handicap. Yeah. I mean, my goodness, it's totally out of your control. It's not like you choose this. I, I
1: mean, it especially in, in my teens, early teens, uh, it really – I mean, it was a downward spiral uh, for sure. Um, I think just insecurity with myself – I started to hate other people, you know, because meeting new people for me was just, all right, another person who's going to judge me or, or, you know. I can't um, imagine. How, yeah. yeah, and and then, too, it's like, I think very comparatively, even, even though I was raised in church, I was I was keeping score of God's love and grace towards me on my terms. And so what I started to do, I think, was, all right, God. God loves you guys. Like you know, he he gave you ten fingers, two arms. Because you're normal. Right, right. And so wow. why why doesn't God love me like he loves you? And, right. and so even in that, like I I really started to question like the loving grace of God towards me just because of my circumstances.
2: I mean, what a journey. Mm. I mean, when we talk about that Philippians verse of mm. you know, I can do all things, well, except tie my shoe. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, how did you process that
1: yeah I, I mean before i trusted in christ like i came to christ at 15 before i trusted in christ it was just kind of like there wasn't any sort of foundation of hope or strength or anything but i but i think in those days and months you know after trusting in christ is my everything yeah. i i mean that that verse took a full i think just full colored life in in yeah. in, in what i was
2: doing I, I, I've got to get off the soapbox here because that sermonizing is coming through. So I apologize <laughs> to people. Don't write. Don't send us an email. <laughs> I get it. I'm this gonna, is a passion. I'm going to lower the flame now. But No, let, bring, bring it on, Let's man. get bring to that point where, okay, now you're going, okay, Lord, I'm going to give you a chance. Mm. Help me to what? Fill in the blank. How am to love people more. What was the trigger for you to say, all right, I'm going to trust God?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think it was... Um, so, a buddy of mine in school, he invites me to a, a youth group dodgeball lock-in. It's always those buddies. Oh man, yeah, yeah. And, and so, uh, at this, this,
0: is, this is the overnight lock-in. Oh kind of thing, man, right?
1: yeah. And uh, armless people are garbage at dodgeball, and so it's like I get, I, you know, I get beaten to death uh, for oh for the first four hours of the night, and um, and then the youth pastor gets up, talks about God's love, quick little devotion. Night, night keeps going. Guys keep playing dodgeball, and I sit out. I'm I'm done. And this youth pastor comes over, and, and he starts to talk to me. And I think he very quickly mm. picked up, I think, just on my insecurity, my hurt. Oh, my goodness. And, yeah. um, and, and as he starts to talk to me, I'm sitting here going, you know, man, you just talked to me about the love of God, and I don't see any of that love and grace in my life at all. And then he just very faithfully, for probably the next hour, like walks me through just the biblical picture of God's grace towards me, not only in like that he very purposefully— made me in my mother's womb like i am i wasn't a mutation i wasn't an accident but then for him to walk me through the gospel too that like what what god does is that even though i question his love for me that he sends his son to live the perfect life i couldn't live to die the death that i should die god raises him to life to show his power over both sin and death and to those who trust in him he adopts you into the family of god and he sends you out on the mission of god and i think for me to at that point to see the gospel in that lens and and for me to not keep score of God's grace towards me on my terms but on his mm. yeah man that that changed everything that that was the night i yeah trusted and rested in Christ as my king and
2: Daniel i uh, that's mm. a an amazing statement that you're making and i don't want to go past it too quickly when you talk about that obstacle in front of you to say okay I believe God made me exactly how he wanted to make me.
1: Mm,
2: I mean, again, I'm I'm sitting thinking of people that hold on to resentment for something they blame God for, for that bad marriage, for Mm. that prodigal son who has walked away. I mean, how do you do that? How do you go, okay, Lord, I see this mountain in front of me, but I'm going to knock it down now and just walk over it because I know your purposes are bigger than my understanding.
1: And I think that was the... You know that was the path moving forward. You know, from that point, it's like even though I had the foundation of okay, Jesus is my everything at age fifteen, well, there's still the big honking question of okay, God, why, why, why no arms of all the things on the planet? And I and I really I struggled in underneath the weight of that. I think for the next probably four or five years. Yeah,
2: which is normal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but
1: but I think as as I got into my late teens, early twenties, the Apostle Paul in Second Corinthians one, he he says God comforts us in our affliction so we can grant that same comfort to others in their time of need. And, and what I started to realize for me is like, I have this very visible affliction, this very visible trial. But I also have a, a, a very clear opportunity to talk about this is how God, in the midst of my brokenness, gave me comfort, and this is how I can grant it to you. Yeah. So it's like God, God, in my armlessness, by His design, has given me I think one of my my single greatest I think gospel opportunity, mm. just just in everyday life. Well, that's the clarity
2: I was talking about, lining yeah. up those dots because yeah. it's very obvious. I mean, yeah. we all go, oh wow, mm. and then when you start sharing what God has
0: done for you, we're scratching our head, thinking, right. how
2: does this guy smile?
0: How does yeah. he have joy? Yeah. This Focus on the Family broadcast will continue in just a moment. With rising fuel and food costs, many families are feeling the pinch. Deeks Insurance is here for you. As a licensed insurance brokerage, they've been proudly serving the faith-based community since 1981, helping them save money with tailored plans and preferred rates. Because at Deeks Insurance, Customers and family are one and the same. And you can't put a price on that kind of commitment. Visit DeeksInsurance.ca to find out more about how Deeks can help you save. Deeks Insurance, where family matters. Do you and your spouse keep having the same fight again and again? Do you wish you had more intimacy in your marriage? Focus on the Family Canada has created a free video series called Enrich Your Marriage. In these seven videos, marriage therapists Wayne Reed and Vicki Hooper provide proven tools and principles that will help you strengthen your relationship with your spouse. Sign up for this free video series at focusonthefamily.ca slash enrichyourmarriage. Thanks for listening to Focus on the Family. Let's resume now with the balance of today's programming.
2: I'm going to get to some of the stories in the book because again, they they illustrate your life and what you have stood for and yeah. how God has worked in your life. There's a story in there about being at, at McDonald's, which I love. <laughs> Describe what was going on. What were you there to do other than get a, a meal? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but and then how did people respond to you?
1: Yeah, I mean, it was it was one of those deals. Uh, I, I was a student pastor at the time, so I, I was prepping a, a sermon to preach at a friend's church uh, about being on mission, and um and so I'm walking in and I walk beside. A, uh, there's a Greensboro. I'm, I'm at the time I was in Greensboro, North Carolina, and so there's a Greensboro city cop walking in with me, and I actually I opened the door for him and held it open for him. Oh He's my! Like, What's this armless guy doing? And so That's you know, amazing. We, so we both go up. We order. And, um, and I, and as I was getting ready to pay, I keep my debit card in my shoe. And so I whipped my debit card out kind of quick out of my shoe and swiped it through the credit card reader. And he literally, he, he put his hand on, on his sidearm, just, I think out of reflex, like what's going on. And, uh, and he looks over at me and I was like, I'm unarmed. Don't shoot. You know, and he's like, Haha, oh, ha, you know, and it's like, we kind of, we kind of had this like awkward moment, like, Hey, you almost killed me, but I'm okay with that. You <laughs> yeah, know. Uh, I, I'm and, unarmed. uh, and, uh, and um, so I, 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 go outside and I, I start eating my biscuit and my hash browns and he comes out to me and so we start to talk and then come to find out he he had a son with autism uh-huh. and and so he he wanted to know he's like how did you get to where you are with this sort of joy with this sort of hope and I get to share the the gospel with this man, you know, right on the, the hmm. patio of McDonald's. But then it was wild. Like over the next two hours, it was like, I go back in to refill my iced coffee. I get talking to a mother and a daughter um, who's same deal. They're watching me do stuff with my feet. And they're like well, why are you so happy? And I get to share the gospel with them. And then there's, you know, landscapers, like we're work, working on the flower beds out, out there at McDonald's and much the same, they're watching me eat a biscuit with my toes. Um, and, and they want to know the story. They want to know the hope. There's, there's three mm. friends that end up like sitting out on the patio. They want to know the same, you know, and it's just like in, in the next two hours, it's like as I'm prepping for a sermon to be on mission, God's letting me know, like for us as believers, our mission doesn't necessarily have to happen under the roof of a church our our mission happens in a mcdonald's it happens on our community mm. ball fields it, it it happens when we just when we interact with so many people in our lives and I, and I think for for me to realize in that moment my opportunity to speak to hope more often than not, it comes away from a stage. It, it comes when I just get to look a person in the eyes and, and tell people about how, how Jesus has taken what the world thinks is a broken life and he's using it for his glory. Oh, without a
2: doubt, when you said that, I mean, I think most of the mission effort should be outside the walls of the church, yeah. right? Yeah. We go there to be filled up so we could take him to the community, mm-hmm. Amen. ideally, yeah. you know. Um, let me ask you, uh, because you sound and, and really are buoyant, in yeah. the spirit. And mm-hmm. I can see it. We both mm-hmm. are seeing your smile yeah, and all. Right, but I've got to think at times there's still some discouragement. That would um, make yeah. you normal and yeah. human. Yeah. <laughs> and I think people that are going, wow, I just don't know that I could live like Daniel, mm-hmm. even with my little thing, whatever it might be, fill in the blank. Yeah. How do you, how do you face discouragement, maybe with Heather, your wife? How do you get through those moments where you know you are pulled down a little bit?
1: Yeah, I, I mean, you know, because again, it's like even though I have my identity and purpose in Christ, like you're saying, I mean, there's still some days where it's like, I wish it was different, you know. I, I wish my my kids didn't have to have a an armless dad with a with a fishbowl life, like I, you know. But I think, too, it's just like, you know, you see Paul over and over. Like, he he just preaches grace, I think, both to himself and, and to the church. You know, it, it's like, was it 1 Corinthians 15? He says it's the gospel in which we're saved, but it's the gospel in which we stand. I, I think as much as our hurts and our afflictions and our insecurities become the most apparent part of our life at times when when we're walking through that, I think it's to be faithful to preach the grace of God. Like mm-hmm. even even if it's like in the picture of the gospel, in the picture of how he's made us. And, and I think to preach that grace to ourselves, that it's that you know what? By God's grace, I've, I've woken up this morning. By God's grace, like I, I get mm-hmm. to enjoy, uh, you know, whatever relationships that I have, or, or just I, I get to enjoy a pretty sunrise, sunset. I mean, just, just for us to, as tangibly as we can, to look at the grace of God in our
2: life and to celebrate it. I so appreciate that because I think we do complicate our lives and we don't notice those little blessings every Mm, day. And if you're in a place of depression or anxiety, just start with small steps, Mm. thanking the Lord for those things you can hang on to. Uh, there was a story that you had about being at a Starbucks and a business guy. Again, I think retail's your action, man. Uh,
1: apparently, apparently <laughs> I need I need a, I need a sermon
2: prep uh, with with coffee more. I think. No so. kidding. So here you are at the Starbucks. What did what happened with this business guy? Yeah,
1: so I mean, same deal. I'm sermon prepping. Got my headphones on because you know Starbucks can be a little noisy. And, um, and I'm always aware people stare at me a lot in public. And so I clear this guy right beside me. He's staring at me a lot. Like he, his eyes keep cutting over and, um, he's intrigued. Yeah. yeah. And and so, you know, for me, it's like, I understand you're doing exactly armless. People don't grow on trees, you Mm -hmm. know, like, and and so I, I understand. Um, and, uh, and as he gets ready to leave, like he gets up and it's like, he sets down. It was like a Starbucks, like cardboard coffee sleeve. He just put it on my table and he walked out. And at first I was like, what a jerk. I don't want to throw away your trash. Like, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> man, like, what are you
2: doing? Good. I'm glad for that uh, normal response. Yeah, That's yeah. what I would have thought. And
1: um, and so I'm like, I'm kind of in a huff and I, and I go to pick it up and he had like split the coffee sleeve open and he wrote a note on the inside of the coffee sleeve. And he huh. was just like, brother, I'm I'm having a really hard time um, in my life. Uh, he was in a, a bad family situation with his brother, but he was like, just watching you today. Huh encouraged me. And thank you for being willing to just be you. Hmm. And and I mean, it's like, I didn't even talk to this dude. But you know, just to be, just to be present in in some way, God used,
2: uh, I think, to encourage this guy. You know, again, and what's so profound about that, and I don't want us to miss it, is the Lord using you in a profound way without words. Hmm. Because it's so obvious. Yeah, yeah. You have overcome this and it ministers to people's hearts. Hmm. Because Hmm. we're in a pity party about something that is so much less significant than when we see you and what you've got to overcome. That's powerful. (laughs) Um, You mentioned in the book that God had and obviously is uh, laying out this amazing plan for your life. And he has a plan for every person. I think that's the point. You don't have to be armless to serve the Lord. (laughs) It's funny even saying that. Yeah. But what does the Bible reveal about God's plan for every believer?
1: I mean, again, you know, for us to realize it's like God's made us to display him in his glory, you know, and, and that God did not make a mistake in how he made us. God did not make a mistake in, in redeeming us. Yeah. And so I think in view of that, it's like we can leverage what we have to show the world more of him and it might not be you're not you, you might not preach a sermon you might not lead on the worship team in your church you might not even be a small group leader but it's like i mean jesus said it's like the the mark of following me is, is that you love one another that's how people yeah. know you are my disciples and, and so i think it's it's incumbent on us to to very openly in this bombastic culture that we live in i think one of the most world altering things that we can do is to love people well, even if they don't love us well, and that's even even in small steps like that, that's how we change the world. In that, as we love others, it affords us the opportunity to speak of the one yeah. of why we love. And so, I I, th- I think for us to just allow our lives to open the door to to scatter the seeds of the gospel into people's lives. Yeah,
2: and I you know for me, when I look at you in the little time we've gotten to know each other here, I'm looking forward to hanging out more together oh, but no the, the the scripture that comes to my mind for you is in Nehemiah where it says the joy of the Lord is your strength mm. and it is what ministers to people around you. I could see mm. it. It's mm. infectious mm. and it's actually quite an admonition to the rest of us. Mm. Hey, if I can be joyful with what I'm carrying, yeah. why can't you? Yeah, And I, man, I would turn to the listeners and say that. Let that be a good challenge to all of us You know, if Daniel can do this, if he can minister in a McDonald's and a, let's go through all the retail, Starbucks and everything else, what can we do? Right. How can we show the joy of the Lord so people Mm. are attracted Mm. to what we have? Isn't that the way it should be? Oh,
1: absolutely. Can I ask
2: you right at the end here, can you pray for us to have that? Yes, yes, sir. And pray for us in general to be less worldly and more spiritual and more embedded in God's truth.
1: Absolutely, yeah. absolutely, let's pray. God, um, we do thank you so incredibly much. I, I think both for your kindness in, in how you formed and fashioned us, both in your grace uh, in sending your son uh, to be our, our redeeming sacrifice. And God, I, I pray in view of all of that, that, that Father, as, as we live out our days, um, that, Father, we would be, as, as Jesus implores us in John 15, that we would just simply abide, that we would just simply trust our lives into your hands, knowing that that by that, our joy, our hope, our strength, our everything, God, flows from you. And, and, and apart from you, we, we can do nothing. And, and so, God, I pray that maybe for some of us today, the most faithful thing we can do is to realize that, God, I don't have this, but you do. God, help us to trust when it hurts. Help us to trust when we don't know what's next. God, help us to trust and celebrate you in in times of grace and goodness. Father, I pray that whatever the case is, that we would find our everything in you, that we would be content, um, that we would live, that we would trust, all in view of just your kingship, of your grace, of your call on our lives. Mm. Father, we love you and we thank you. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen.
2: Amen, amen. Amen. And for those that don't know it, amen means I'm in agreement. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, (laughs) that's right. That's important. Uh, Daniel, this has been so good. Thank you for being with us and for showing us what it means to have the joy of the Lord. Mm -hmm. This is awesome. And I would just say to the listeners and to those watching on YouTube, man, if this speaks to your heart or you know somebody who's not doing well, especially for the believers who are struggling, man, get a copy of this. Uh, We can get you the download, uh, get the app for the smartphone, uh, whatever you need to do, and share it with someone in your life or more than one person that Mm -hmm. might need it. Uh, That's a good way to do ministry. Mm -hmm. You can also get a copy of Daniel's great book here at Focus on the Family, My Affliction for His Glory. Wow. Wow. That's a statement, and you've heard why, and uh, I would encourage you to get a hold of us and get a copy. It's a wonderful gospel-centered resource that describes clearly what it means to trust Christ to trust the Lord. I hope people have gotten that today. When you order a copy directly from Focus Canada, uh, you're supporting the ministry. You're saving marriages, saving babies' lives. Mm. Uh, It's awesome. So get a hold of us here at Focus Canada to get your copy of Daniel's book today.
0: Give us a call to find out more about Daniel's book. And if you could donate, that'd be wonderful. Our number is 800, the letter A and the word family, or stop by focusonthefamily.ca. And let me remind you that Focus on the Family is here for you. If you're struggling in your marriage or you're facing a challenge in your parenting and you feel stuck, contact us. Our team of Christian counselors will listen to you, they'll pray with you, and they'll point you on the path toward healing. Uh, Again, we're just a phone call away, and it's 800-232-6459 or visit focusonthefamily.ca. Join us next time as Jim Burns will encourage you to have fun and enjoy the little moments in life. Again, I'm not saying that there aren't tough issues. There are tough issues today, and we have to face that fact. But in the midst of it, isn't there a chance that we could just dance a little or sing a little? Yeah. Make it better. And on behalf of Jim Daly and the entire team, thanks for joining us today for Focus on the Family. I'm John Fuller, inviting you back as we once again help you and your family thrive in Christ.